Today's podcast is brought to you by The Hero's Path, where Zach plays... What is the name of that game? Uh, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. And today, Zach wanted to go to Death Mountain, but you had to do something else first. So, yeah, uh, I've been playing this game for a while, uh, and... You know, I'm trying to make this as complete as possible, and I want to interact with the game in every way, in every dimension possible. Grow. Uh, and so, the I, I was thinking about the third dimension, uh, and I decided to try the game out in virtual reality. Wow. Uh, so I went on Craigslist and met a man in the parking lot of a Subway restaurant. Uh, and bought a Labo VR kit. Okay. You've so you've done Labo before, right? I have done. Um, I forget what it's called. It's like the basic original Labo, but it's not called that. No, I thought the whole thing as a total is called Labo, and then the different oh, yeah, individual I mean, ones have like different kits. Y- yes. So, what version did I? Play. trying to discern it it gets really complicated they all have numbers this is version number four this is like kit number four that i got um it has the vr goggle it also has some other like bazooka thing that i have not built yet um okay but but anyways you built one of these so you know like the build quality is really good i was not expecting it's amazing it. i was not expecting it to be as elaborate as it was so you got yours completely unassembled right? correct correct okay so, yeah. Uh, yeah, the I, cardboard is great. Uh, the design of everything is basically like Lego standards of sturdiness and goodness and elegance. And it's it's really, really snazzy. Before I got my hands on one, I was like, why don't they just release like the software for free so people can build their own out of like their own cardboard? And the answer is, I mean, you could, but it's just not the same. You, you, I mean, what the cardboard is pre, like perforated. Yeah, and to cut be to in extremely the perfect specific, shape yeah. of whatever you need to build. Um, giving that that out as like a pattern in a PDF or something, it would be way too much. Yeah, no one has the tools to Correct. perfectly cut cardboard. Absolutely, like that. and like there's like this one had like washers. And oh yeah, like there's all sorts of other pieces and the actual. Did you have rubber bands? Uh, I did not use any rubber bands yet. This one had some stickers and some like felt pads that you that you use to line the part where the switch goes into. Oh sure, sure. To hold it into place. Um, yeah, it's extremely good build quality. So I built this thing last night, and so I, I built the VR headset. Which variety is kind of... kit is the ver- version I got. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, that's the one. Is it the one where you look in the duck's like butt? No. Oh. There's a version where you look in a du- duck's butt. And it was like a bird. There's like a bird you look at, and it's oh my like gosh. it's like it, it's a very funny picture of somebody holding up a cardboard bird to their face. Variety kit. It has like the piano and the fishing rod, and the house. Um, there's there's gotta be a, there's a bird somewhere anyways there's also a vehicle kit which has 
Oh, the racing the, wheel. The ra- yeah, the wheel, and like you can be a helicopter and an under scuba guy. Under scuba guy is what I call a submarine, I guess. Yeah. And what is this version called? VR kit. Okay, VR kit. VR yes. kit. And it's got like an extra thing in it that I haven't messed with yet. So I built this thing. You slide your switch into it. Uh, you look in and it's 3D. Uh, there's a bunch of built-in, like, little mini, not not even, I wouldn't even call them mini-games, they're more just, like, little play sets, uh-huh. where it's like, here's a ragdoll that you can move around, here's a little room where you can make a guy jump, here's a little UFO catcher game. Um, cool. And, like, so I, my experience with VRs, like, I have done some VR, but mostly in, like, public settings, uh-huh. where, like, for a while, I'm sure it doesn't exist right now, but for a while... There were like VR rooms you could go to and pay money to do like a VR experience. Yeah, yeah. You were telling me about uh, being a. Were you a stormtrooper? What were you? You're a rebel that's infiltrating a base on Mustafar. Oh, yeah. Zach went to Mustafar. I went to Mustafar. They had. And uh, uh, your description of that experience was awesome for me just to hear you being there. So I can't imagine what it was really like. It's fun, um, and like that stuff's fun, but it's it, you know prohibitively expensive to the point of impossibility of ever getting one. Um, so this was kind of my you know this is a new experience with it, and for something that's just cheap and running off just the base switch hardware, it works really good. I was really yeah. impressed. Um, it doesn't have any straps to keep it like attached to your face. Huh. So, um, do the Joy-Cons stay connected? Yeah, they stay connected to the Switch. There are certain configurations where they do stay connected to the Switch. There are certain configurations where they're detached. Oh, I see. In this elephant thing, they're detached for some reason. Yeah. And, but, like, okay, but, like, the quality of it, I mean, it's using a, just a generic, you know, a Switch screen's what, like, 1080p. And okay. it's just rendering two screens on that screen that filter into the lens as well. So, like... The resolution's not great, but it works well. I was really impressed. Cool. Like, it's a low-resolution VR thing, but it's a full VR thing. You can look around, move, careen your head around to different spots, and it's neat. Wow. Um, That game's not super substantial. There's more to it. I haven't dug in too much with the rest of the software yet. But what I did do was uh, get a hold of every VR-compatible Switch game that I had access to. And I tried those out. Uh, I'll just talk about Breath of the Wild first. That's the big reason that I was doing all this and why I met a man off Craigslist. Is because you can play Breath of the Wild uh, in virtual reality. And, but you're not like in Link's perspective, are you? No, it is like a third person perspective. It uh, eliminates most of the UI elements except for like a floating health gauge. Okay. Um, and then you just play the game like normal. It's the entire full game. Uh, it's not like it's some of the other things I did. I did Smash Brothers and I did um, Mario Odyssey. Uh-huh. Those ones are like separate experiences that are like pared down in a way to make them like palatable as a thing you can just sit and play. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm curious. I want to go back. I just only messed around with the Mario Odyssey stuff for like a minute. There's actually a full set of levels that are like tiny little levels that you can go through and do stuff so it's like a whole separate little thing Jeez, okay um but breath of the wild 
when they were adding VR support, they just said, okay, here's the whole game. Like, it just changes the way the game is displaying and nothing else. Um, wow. And so you can do that. So because, you know, this is a tiny little, you know, this is not a high, super high-resolution screen, uh, displaying it in VR drops the resolution to nothing, so the game looks really rough. Okay. Um, you lose out all that fine, nice, pretty stuff. And, I okay, as somebody who's not super experienced doing a lot of different VR stuff, um, the idea of being able to careen your head around while you're moving somebody in the world that changes the position actually gave me dizziness. Um, so wait, like the joystick is still controlling Link as normal? The left joystick's controlling him as normal. The right joystick is controlling the camera. However, you can also move your head to move the camera in other ways. So you can be simultaneously moving Link, moving the camera, and moving your head. And well, yeah, that would make you sick. That would, and it that and it made was a me bad dizzy. idea, Zach. But that's the whole purpose of doing it this way. So you can move your head around and kind of look around and stuff. Well, not to do all three at the same time. Well, that's what it's fair for. That's the whole point. Well, but like, for me, I guess what I'm imagining is, I guess just like, so I'm I I I can I can stop looking at Link is what you're saying. The camera's on Link, but then I turn around. Yes, and I see the sunset. You're you're getting chased by a moblin. You can turn your head around and not Link and see that the moblin's back there. Oh my gosh, it's a lot um it's not so it's not something i and also you have to hold the thing up to your head the whole time so your arms are just up in the air Mm. so like it's definitely not something that i don't think anybody has played like the whole way through like this because it would just be a miserable experience (laughs) but as something that they clearly just kind of implemented and said here you go like it's neat wow i'm pretty sure people use the you can just turn vr mode on in the game like, it'll just start displaying two screens. Uh, I'm pretty okay. sure pe- people use that to make the game chug to do glitches, I'm pretty sure. Interesting. Uh, when I eventually okay. look more into that stuff, we'll come back to that. But yeah, I'm pretty sure I've seen people turn that on to make glitches easier to do. All right. Pretty good. Pretty good. So that's the, the VR report. Uh, they're extremely hard to find now. Um, yes, I got my variety kit when Target was selling them for $20. Yeah, I don't. I didn't pay much more than $20. Um, for and this. I want the vehicle kit. I want to build the steering wheel and the gas pedal and stuff. So, listeners, <laughs> buy me the vehicle kit. You heard him. Uh, yeah. Okay, so we gotta talk about the, the, the part I played. I went up uh, Death Mountain. And I did a lot more than I probably should have, but I was having a fun time playing a video game, so I kept playing. Um, uh, yeah, you have a lot of notes here. Let's see. I, the trail going up Death Mountain is cool. That's a fact. Speak on that. Uh, it's cool. It's like, um, I mean, <laughs> uh, so the first thing you go through is like there's these like uh, hot springs. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's bodies of water that you can stand inside of to regain health. Yes, uh, that's fun. 
that all checks out. Another interaction that I noticed uh, this time is you cannot cryonis it. Oh, I think I noticed that at some point. Yeah, that's odd, isn't it? No, it makes perfect sense. Because the water's hot. Okay, so magic can't make it freeze? You need super cryonis. That'll be the next game. Oh yeah, cryonis plus. Yeah. I'm almost surprised they didn't use that for more puzzle stuff. Like, that seems like a, you could have done, like, a shrine. Where... With with hot water that you can't freeze? Or, There's like... Both. Like, you, oh, you like this part of the water's hot, this part of the water's cool. Uh, I think there's cold water in the game, too. So, like, maybe there's, like, different properties to that they could have figured. I don't know. Yeah. Um, there's also a bunch of ruined guardians. This whole, like, lower part when you're coming in is clearly, like, a place that has been had like lava flows through it okay so all these ruined guardians are different because none of them have stuff you can loot oh okay uh so like there maybe was a battle and then since the battle lava has flowed through here and ruined everything is kind of my guess at what's going on here yeah yeah uh there are still a couple live ones around uh which always it's fun when they sneak up on you they're so big, and then yes. you're, like, minding your own business, and all of a sudden one sneaks up on you, but uh, not, a, not a problem. I'm trying to think of other places where um, kind of the default path to a location has regular guardians walking around it. Uh, you could make the case Hyrule Field. You could make the case yeah. probably other places that I'm not thinking of right now. It, it, it To me, it seems like a little extra rude to basically put these guys in in the in the main thoroughfare and especially in a place where it's not very easy to find an alternate route because you have such steep steep hills and uh lava for, making it hard to move around for me it ended up being nice because it was a way to get back into playing the game after having not played it for a minute Ah. It, it was a, it was a warm up and it worked out really good. A warm up. Uh, there's a cave here. Talking about caves. There's a good uh, cave. Yes, it is a cave. Technically, there's a good cave here. It is perhaps the most outdoor cave I've ever been in. I uh, you know we're, we're we're taking them where we can get them. Yes. Uh, there's a lot of lava up here, uh, and the lava also cannot be cryonist, which I tried, but yeah, hmm. that doesn't that doesn't work either. Lava's like water, but hot. Huh. Uh, the, okay, the big thing that I'm not talking about yet is that the air here is on fire. Yes, I've heard this. I had forgotten exactly how this manifested because the different areas that lead to uh, Divine Beasts all kind of have a property, right? Uh, a kinda, weather, yeah, a, yeah. An associated weather property. You do the Zora area, it's raining. You do uh the the hebra area it's cold and then you have uh death mountain and the desert which are both it's very hot yes. and it, it never dawned on me what was going on how they could do both of have the same thing until i kind of dug into it this time playing the game okay and it's not that it's it's not that the heat is getting you here it's the fact that everything makes everything combustible so okay it's like, but you still lose health from being in super heat. 
I think that's yeah. Don't you? I I I don't think it does in the same way because I was able to just take a potion that prevents me from catching on fire, and I didn't have to worry about my health decreasing otherwise. Well, unless sure. unless that just supersedes the other. But I know that in the original time I played the game, I went to the desert, put on my fireproof clothing, and was still taking that damage from heat. Well, that's weird. Okay. When we get huh. when we get to the desert, we'll put this to test a little bit more. But I'm fairly okay, certain yeah. that the entire property around Death Mountain is that you just catch on fire, and that's supersedes the other heating stuff. Well, and it's like a separate weather effect, basically. As of right now, though, I am not convinced that that, uh, how do I put this, makes sense. Sure. It is still on a continuum of temperature where, like, if the problem in the desert is that it's too hot and the problem in Death Mountain is that it's even hotter, then it should overlap. See, I I think mechanically... It treats Death Mountain as something separate from just being too hot because it'll say temperature like okay. error. Yeah, yeah. And I think that the game considers those as separate weather situations where it just super it, it, it replaces your normal. No, I accept yeah. that mechanically it's treated as separate, but. Oh, as like a real life. Th- yeah, no, I get what you're saying there. Okay. Yeah. The fireproof clothing should help you in a desert. Yes. Because you got to get that fireproof clothing. So I tried to get over to the fireproof clothing. Oh, but I got distracted on the way. Uh, oh, the tower. We got to talk about the tower. This I finally got. The, I've been running around the Death Mountain area without the tower, and it's been bugging me. But So I got the tower, and now I've unlocked that whole side of the map. Oh, okay. Uh, this tower is boring. There's nothing on it. There's no trick. Um, That's too bad. I guess the idea is getting up to it is tricky enough now i without remembering exactly like where it is or anything i seem to remember like flying onto it from a higher rock is that possible i believe that's possible the first time i played the game i did not go up the road i just kind of got up on top of these spires until i got close enough to glide over to it so that makes sense to me okay uh yeah this one's just in the side of the hill it's boring uh there's a lot of other stuff going on, so I, I will forgive the devs on this one. All right. Uh, I went to a shrine on my way to Goron City. Which shrine? Qua Rame Shrine. Uh-huh. Uh, it's like hidden on a lava lake in a like behind a precipice in a way that if you were going from the road, you might not see it. Sure. Uh, I saw it somewhere else. I don't know where I saw it from, but I was climbing around somewhere and saw it, so I had it marked on my map. Uh, so good job, me. Good uh, job. This is another puzzle with the weight scales. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you have to, in order to, like, even start doing anything, you have to, like, catch a barrel or a, a box on fire to get a key. Okay. To, to get access to big metal blocks that you can then use to manipulate scales. There's a chest that you have to manipulate upside down scales like their scales coming from the ceiling creepy yeah to get um but it's ultimately not that tricky that's a good shrine overall i like it the final solution is supposed to be you're supposed to balance out like both sides of the scale 
so that you can pass underneath some spikes. Uh-huh. Uh, but if you just go really fast, you can just run into the spikes. Okay, cool. That's one trying down. I went through a passageway, and I fought an Igneo Talus. Oh, yeah. They got Talus's water on fire. Cool. Uh, they're not that tough. Uh, Taluses in this game are not, uh, as tough as I remember. Uh, the trick to these guys is they're on fire, so you can't walk on their backs. Now, do you handle this by shooting them with ice arrows? I did. I was like, I bet an ice arrow is going to work really well. And it puts out the fire so you can walk around on them. Okay. Uh, they will eventually reignite themselves, but I have like 150 ice arrows, so this is not a problem. Why do you have that many ice arrows, you jerk? I don't know. I've got so many ice arrows. I've Give got, me some. Of of the non-standard arrows, I have like a ton of everything but bomb arrows. Huh. I don't know. God, I, I don't know what to tell you. Next on the path, you go through the southern mine area. Oh, yeah. Where there's a bunch of Gorons mining. And this uh, was the area that I think I was disproven, but I think of it as the place where you can hear uh, the level 9 theme from LOC. It plays that here as well as like throughout the Death Mountain area. Yeah, yeah. It's just kind of the default running around Death Mountain music. Um, the Gorons here are, are working and won't talk to you till nightfall. That's uh, good. Which is good. Which is good. Um, there's a pair of Gorons here named Grayson and Pellison, and they are the people you can recruit to join Bolson Construction oh, Company yes. to help build Terrytown. Uh huh. And they're uh, the first. They're the people you needed right away, right, to clear correct. away the rocks exactly okay uh they don't take too much convincing they're pretty much like tired of mining they're just like we want to do something different now and so you tell them about it and they're like that's great let's go and then it plays the nice wonderful jingle and then that's then the next part of the quest goes but i didn't go back to Terrytown this time to see what that is okay stay tuned i'm gonna just keep doing that one as i get to it uh there's a hylian chillin here his name is kima mm-hmm he has a very easy quest to catch 10 fireproof lizards. Well, you say it's very easy. It is very easy. I find the... <laughs> not that it's like, oh, I can't do it, but having to sneak around to catch all those lizards, um, just, I guess, the moving slow part. <laughs> I would rather be on a horse. You would always rather be on a horse. This yeah. is true. Um, but there's a ton of lizards in this little mine area, and I had known that this was, this was coming, so I've been just, whenever I see lizards, trying to catch them. Oh, okay. So you give him ten lizards, and he gives you uh, the flame breaker armor, which is good because I was running out of potions. Mm. Uh, this is the aforementioned armor that prevents you from catching on fire, or one piece of it. Yeah. Uh, then I went up the road. One thing I forgot to put in my notes, on the way up, you get bombarded by, like, fiery rocks coming down from Va Rudania. Yeah. Um, and you get the cool cutscene of Va Rudania, like, menacing the mountain. Mm. The establishing shot that each, like, divine beast gets. Yeah, and Va Rudania is one of the better, um, divine beasts for being a threat. Because 
uh, Va Ruta is like making it rain a lot, and you're kind of like, well, that's bad for the environment, but who cares? Va Medo is literally just flying in circles. Yeah, does Va Medo do anything? It's just up there. I think they claim that it is like attacking uh, Rito who fly too high. Hmm. But you never see that happening until you fight it yourself. And, and then Von Boris is just off in a desert. Yeah, Von Boris is like scary because it's like causing lightning storms. Um, but for people's daily lives, walking to and from Gerudo uh, City, it's not a problem. But when the, yeah, yeah, when they eventually do a manga adaptation, it'll make more sense. It'll be very scary. Yes, yes. We'll get the we'll get the full cut scene of vana boris like attacking gerudo town mm-hmm. it'll be good when, whenever that uh manga artist gets around to finishing twilight princess then she'll move <laughs> on to breath of the wild i told you about that right? have i talked about that on this podcast i don't think so is oh, this so manga artist not gonna do skyward sword uh she did a i think it's i think it's two women but they write under one name uh they did like a Skyward Sword prequel, like one shot manga, in and it's in Hyrule Historia. Oh, okay. Um, but they're doing uh, Twilight Princess right now, and it's on like it's like I bought the compilation of all the other different ones. There's like eight different volumes of various games, and like the Twilight Princess is currently up to eight volumes. Because Jeez. that's the one they, they've wanted to do forever, that they finally got permission to do. And <laughs> cool. uh, you know what? They're living their best lives. You go for it. Wow. Um, we can only be so lucky to get to do that in our lives. Right about Twilight Princess. Uh, let's not do a Twilight Princess podcast. Never. <laughs> All right, it's agreed. Um, okay, Goron City. Yes. Goron City. This is where the Gorons live. We can finally talk about Gorons now, Ryan. Cool. Tell me, describe a Goron. A Goron is like a big rock guy. They are humanoid. They are all kind of pear-shaped. Um, they have a kind of dark, beady, but like big eyes, big lips, um, kind of like rocky extrusions on their body where you'd normally have either like elbows or hair although they can grow hair i guess um they eat rocks but in many ways they are rocks of course we humans eat flesh and yet we are composed of flesh so this is no contradiction Mm. um they like to roll around and I learned today, doing research for this episode, that Goron is the Japanese onomatopoeia for rolling around. Right, 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 right. And that's why a lot of them use Goro as like a... a What's the word for the, the thing you affix to everything I can't think of it. In, in Animal Crossing, it's a catchphrase, but there's an actual Japanese term for it yeah, that yeah. I cannot think of right now. Uh, I don't I don't remember what that word is called, but it's like the... Yes, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> uh okay uh yeah they're the rock dudes uh they're all dudes yes um and that's not elaborated on in a way that is like good you don't need to elaborate on that that's fine it's a fantasy race you can just do whatever Mm -hmm. and they like to call everybody brother it's very good yeah 
We've been to Goron Cities and other Zelda games before. This is another new iteration of it. Um, this one's kind of just sitting in like a little caldera, sort of. It's, yeah. It's cute. It's it, cute. It's like not conveniently located to anything. No, but that's where they live and they're not really... They they don't seem to get a lot of visitors. No. Especially not recently because of the the fire raining down from the sky and all that. Although there is one visitor who immediately springs to mind who I think doesn't show up until after you calm the divine beast. Uh, she's there. She's there already? Yeah. Oh, there's two visitors that I saw. Okay. Um, there's a the... Gerudo woman who is yes. very important because she buys gems for you at high prices. Oh, does she? Maybe that's only after you calm the divine beast or maybe it's after you... No, you're probably right, but I just sold a bunch of gems, so I oh, hoisted, hoisted myself there. No, she's, no specific- she's there. Yeah, yeah. Okay. She's in town. She, uh, uh, I walked up to her, and she's like, it's a little too early to flirt. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> and she's like, never mind. And then she talked about, she's like, I'm a Gerudo. I came from blah, 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 blah. And then, uh, what's his face? Uh, the painter is here. Oh, okay. He's because kinda- there's no... St- there's no stable close enough to the the memory that's up on ah. the mountain edge, so they put him here instead. Okay. Uh, so they're both here. There's a bunch of other stuff. I bought the uh, there's a there's an armory where I bought the rest of the flame breaker armor. Good, good. There is what else is here? I had to scroll down. Uh, there's a general store. Sure. Uh, there's a bunch of statues. Of other Goron people. Now, when you say statue, you mean, like, the gigantic statues. Yeah, so, like, the 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 hills surrounding the town have been carved out to look like various other Gorons. It's a lot like, is it um, Crazy Horse, who they're carving out of a mountain somewhere near Mount Rushmore? That's correct. Uh, it, it, I think the, the pose of... Um, the guy, the name of the champion whose name escaped Daruk. Me. I think Daruk's uh, depiction in this volcano rock kind of recalls that uh, statue of Crazy Horse. Maybe? I gotta look at this, the picture of the statue because it's okay. been too long since... I've, I've been to this place. They're not uh, done with it yet, are they? No. No. It, it, it will eventually look like that, yes. Okay. That's what I thought. Okay. Yeah kind of like that arm outstretched um there's a bunch of other gorons and so i ended up going on a on a google trek because mm-hmm. i didn't notice i noticed like the baby goron but underneath daruk is somebody that looks like darmani yeah and somebody yeah. that looks like the baby goron from majora's mask oh i did not what gosh okay uh and then there's also a goron one of these things that resembles a Goron from Twilight Princess. Huh. Like a specific name Goron from that, which is cool, I guess. Yeah. I d- but also, there's I, so I didn't, I knew this was here. I forgot it was here until I had zipped a bunch around, around the area a whole bunch and then caught it at the right angle. Oh, sure. Beca- because it's all carved into like the, the hillside. Like, if you're not looking at it from the right angle, it's right. easy to miss. Yes. I think there is a cutscene at some point that makes the Daruk one very obvious. Yeah, but that's the only one. The other ones are kind of nestled away yeah. and you might miss them. 
And uh, so when I that's yeah. good. I'm I'm sure it was really fun for the world sculptor to <laughs> include all that stuff. Yeah, huh? Because it's definitely like using the same like yeah. It's it's all carved out of the terrain. It's yeah. not like a separate like model that they just transposed into there. Uh, what else is here? General's Star. Oh, the inn is here. Uh, and like all the different inns, there's like a you can pay a little bit more money to get some kind of special treatment. Uh, and here it's a massage from a Goron, which sounds so good. <laughs> it sounds terrifying. No, I want it. I don't I, think I would survive. I don't know if I'd survive either, but I could use a good massage. That. I, I did that in game specifically because me, Zach, the human being playing the game, was like, I could really go for a massage. That sounds great. <laughs> uh, video games are where we go to make our dreams come true. Yeah. Uh, oh, there's a guy that has a shop that's just a grill where he's just outside grilling stuff just on a rock because it's hot enough that you can just put things on a rock and it yeah. grills, and it's great. Yeah. I love Can't that. you just can you... put things on the ground? He points this out. He's like, yeah, I opened up the shop and then everybody else realized you can just do this so nobody buys my food. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, oh, the secret Goron board game. Yes. Now I, I think know I what sent you're talking you pic- about. I think I sent you a picture of this the first time I played the game. Um, I definitely remember seeing these boards. It's like a three by three grid with like pieces in uh, like various people's houses, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it basically looks like tic-tac-toe, but we don't see, um, of course, like, no one talks about it, right? No, this is just a background detail that I saw and you saw, and we're both like, oh, yeah, yeah, this is, we gotta talk about this. Um, but it, uh, it, it is cool that there is a game Goron's play. It is cool that it's not explained. Of course, it's also sad that it's not explained because I would eat that up to hear... I- this in the, the in Goron's the, play. Right. In the Bethesda version of Breath of the Wild, there is, like, uh, several books you can collect explaining the history of Goron tic-tac-toe mm-hmm. and strategies employed. Uh, I tend to think that it is a game kind of on the scale or, like, in the range of tic-tac-toe as far as strategic depth uh, because Gorons are not portrayed as deep thinkers. <laughs> I wonder, if, like something like on the, like I'm like a Moncala or something like that. Yeah, something yeah. with like a simple but like depth to it. Has anybody tried to invent a game based on what this looks like? And if not, uh, how soon can we do this? Uh, we can do this. Okay, not on this podcast this second, but no, no, not right now. Come up, we should come up with rules for this and post it. Yeah. Uh, I would. I need, I'll go back and take more pictures. Great, thank you. Uh, there are two side quests. I'm holding. I'm holding up two fingers. Okay. Uh, one of the side quests, there is a uh, there's a a, a blacksmith in town whose name is Rohan. Uh, <laughs> that is just his name. Okay. And he has, and so he's off. You can talk to Rohan, but he just, just does not want to talk to you. Uh, you were able to talk to him later after events happen. Um. But he's got, like, an apprentice that is trying to impress Rohan. And he's like, I want to impress him by saying that I beat all the taluses in the area, but I can't beat the one in North Darunia Lake. Uh, Would you do it for me so I can take the credit? And I'm like, okay, sure. (laughs) Uh, So I went and did that, 
while I was doing other stuff, and then went back and he paid me a hundred rupees. Uh, I didn't. Wow. I wonder if it's possible to decline, but I don't think you can complete the quest if you decline. Because huh. like you can go back and he's like, "Will you sell me the credit for this?" And I'm just like, "Sure, it's fine." Hmm. Uh, there's another quest where a brother is looking for his other brother that's missing. Oh yeah, but yeah. I didn't. I did not go in the direction of that quest yet, so I will do that next time I play. Okay. Because I went other direction that we'll talk about. Uh, Bluto is the name of the boss of the town. Ah, He's yes. in charge. He has an understudy named Unobo. Mm. Uh, and him and Unobo have been fighting off Vodrudania every time it shows up close enough to town uh, with cannons. Sure, sure. Uh, and But now Unobo's gone missing because he went to go get some painkillers for Bluto's back. Mm. So he sends you to go find Unobo, which is good. This is the, like, breadcrumb, the start of the breadcrumb into the Divine Beast, basically. Uh, On the way, so he sends you to the north, uh, abandoned north mine. So, like, you previously went to the south mine, and then to the north is a mine that they would like to go back to, but because of Varudani, it's too dangerous. Yes. And also, there are a ton of Lizalfos. There are a lot of Lizalfos. Uh, on the way there, I went to Shea Mosa Shrine. Okay. Which is another, like, variant of the lighting brush on fire idea. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a little more involved and it's a little longer than the previous ones. Uh, it has a good trick where one of the, like, torches that's, like, dangling, uh, you try and shoot it down, but it's actually attached to a chain, so you just can't do that. Ah, excuse me. Hold on. <laughs> it's a boring puzzle. It's it's fine. You shoot arrows and then yeah, like like with all of these, you have so many things that can use that that have fire at this yeah, point yeah. that like you don't really have to interact with the intended puzzles. So it kind of loses its luster. Yeah. Okay. So then I went to the abandoned mine. It's like on a bunch of like crags sticking out of darunia lake it's a good uh level right this is extremely a level yes um Um, yeah this is extremely a level because it's like you have to take out this island in the lava to be able to get to the next island in the lava uh it's really well done having the lava around to prevent you from just taking whatever route you want Yes. Is how you do this as it make, you know, a video game level out of it instead of being a cool scene that you can just walk around to the other side of and skip everything. Right. We've definitely run into parts of the game where the nature of the game being open kind of renders part of the challenge of individual level areas like non-existent. But because this is lava and there's literally nothing you can do about lava, <laughs> like it just becomes this little mario galaxy or skyward sword level it's good it's i mean like the (laughs) the freedom of most of breath of the wild is great uh but the constrainedness of this level is very good and it does it in a way that's playing by the rules they don't have to like bend the game's rules to do right you don't need a bunch of force field walls yep which is good yeah you can't always do that but Maybe in the next game they'll just have more lava everywhere and they can do it. 
Breath of the uh, Lava. Yeah. Uh, we're going to, it's all Sabrosia. Uh, Shut up. I know. Oh, I, I want know, I'm that. Sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I want that. This area has a bunch of cannons, and they're not like the Alkala Citadel cannons. They're these Goron cannons that you can drop bombs I didn't into. realize that those are both types of cannons. Yes. These are not human cannons. These no. are Goron cannons. And so they function with like a big, there's a big slot in them that you can drop a bomb into and then detonate and it launches like a rock out. Yeah, these are so cool. They make no sense. They make absolutely no sense. They're perfect. They're yes. And they always are uh, like aimed already or easily aimed at uh, a, a big pile of rocks that you need to blow up. Or an enemy base that you need to blow uh, up. Ah, yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. And so I think the first time I played through this, I didn't realize those cannons were interactable, and I did this all without shooting anybody. Wow. Uh, which is miserable, because there's so many just yeah. little foes that want to shoot you with arrows. It sucks. Uh, this time, I knew this, and you get the very satisfying thing of going to each little spot and taking out an enemy and then shooting the next spot and then running over and shooting the next spot. It's it's great. Yeah. At the very top... Uh, Unibo is trapped behind some like rubble, mm-hmm. and and he has voice acting here. Uh, oh yeah, he's got like he's got like two lines where he sits there, at, like as you're running around the world. So there's actual voice dialogue as you're running around the world, which is very uh, weird. Hmm. It feels very out of place, but he's just like, "Help me, I'm stuck. Help me, I'm stuck." Just over and over. Um. You can use one of the cannons to free him, and then you get a cutscene where you meet Unobo. Yeah. He's this young Goron who, we don't really get his backstory yet, but you can tell he's important because he gets a full cutscene. Yeah. His name (laughs) shows up on the screen, which means he's either an important NPC or a boss. (laughs) Man, the Unobo boss fight's something else. Mm. Uh, And then he says, yeah, I'll meet you back in town. Uh, but I did not go back to town. No? Because I had more business out here on the big lava lake. Uh, in addition to the cool Goron cannons, there are these cool Goron minecarts. Yes. Which function on the same bomb-based propulsion principle. Uh, you can stand on the- there's, like, tracks. There's not a ton of them. Mm -hmm. I thought there were more. You stand on the tracks, or you put you put a often you put like a discarded minecart onto the tracks with magnesis. Yeah, yeah. Get on the cart, drop a bomb into like the receptacle, and then detonate it, and then you shoosh off. Okay. Uh, and it's really good. So what? How did I move these minecarts? I feel like I moved them in a completely different way. Okay. Because you can also use. Yeah, I think this must be what I did. Stasis the minecart, hit it a bunch of times. When it uh, comes out of stasis, it will stay on the tracks, thank goodness, yes. and move along. That is so much dumber than using the uh, bombs. I don't think I saw the bomb receptacle. Yeah, uh, the game doesn't spell this out as far as I can tell. This is a thing you could even do. Uh, or if it does, it's in some spot that I never saw. Hmm. Like, similarly, um, 
when I was running around the lake this time, I ran into a spot where there was a, like, off-in-the-distance rock octorok. Oh, sure. And then a whole bunch of rusty weaponry. Yeah, that's supposed to be a clue. And, like, I had never seen this before. I was like, oh, this is this is where you would learn that you can throw rusty uh, weapons into it. Supposedly. With magnesis. And then it, no, I tried it. You magnesis, like, a rusty weapon in front of it as it's sucking in air. Uh-huh. It spits back out the weapon pristine and nice. Yeah. Uh, but you should dodge out of the way because it will hurt you when it comes <laughs> back to get you. Yeah, but, like, I don't. I don't think that seeing a bunch of rusty weapons near a monster is, like, a legit clue that you should feed those weapons to that monster. Yeah, I I would agree to that. It's cool that Um, it's a feature, and, like, I guess this is the place to allow people to discover it, but I object to it being framed as, this is where they teach you. So by that logic, then maybe there is a spot in the game where they're supposed that would that was maybe intended to hint that you can use bombs with the minecarts, but it's not it's it's opaque enough that neither of us ever noticed that's what it was. So that could very well be the case. I'm done talking about minecarts. What what did the minecart take you to? It takes you to a big island shaped like a crab. It is messed up that there is a bunch of rocks shaped like a crab sticking out of the lava that messes with my head nature is amazing it is uh oh it's even the isle of rabak which is just crab isn't it basically yes or, <laughs> no it's not it's that. it's not isle of crab it's isle of a uh, crab <laughs> <laughs> that's great that's great oh somebody wrote that and then dusted off their hands and went home for the day. <laughs> That's great. That's so good. I now, I've definitely now- gotten to this island without the minecart sure. and had to, like, climb upside down through the cave mouth Yes. Uh, in, in a way that should not be possible in this game. Sure, sure. Uh, if you take the train or do the crazy thing Ryan did, uh, inside of this island is a shrine. Mm-hmm. Uh, this shrine is, what is this? Shora Ha Shrine. Uh, which is kind of a full-on dungeon. Yes. I was kind of shocked. I did not remember this, uh, but this is like, this is the closest one I've, this, it's like this one and trying to, or Trial of Power are like the most full-on dungeons that I've seen Mm -hmm. in these shrines. And this one is even a Zelda dungeon in that it has a gimmick. Yeah. Uh, it's called Blue Fire, or Blue Flame? Blue Flame. Um... And it's literally just nursing this blue fire to put in various torches to open up the next little area. Um, well, it, I mean, like, it's mostly about that. But then it also has a couple few challenges that do not involve that mechanic. Like, to start yeah. out, there is a uh, <laughs> a metal block in your way that you can lift up over yourself but it has spikes on the bottom so you need to lift it up and then not drop it while you're underneath it which is not hard to do careful but it is fun um and then you get to the 
blue fire and you start moving it around. There's like a a stairway. You have to move magnesis. You have to magnesis a bunch of like stepping stones, basically, to get to. Uh-huh. There's uh okay. The good one is so th- it also introduces a new thing that I had not really seen much in trines yet, and that's these little spigots of water. Okay. Yeah. That are placed in obnoxious areas to put your torch out. Right. Right. Uh, and. I, you can, eventually I figured out you can interact with these spigots by using stasis to stop them. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, but I was mad when I tried to, uh, what do you call, cryonis them, and that does not work to stop the water. Yeah, that should work. Cryonis should work on these things. Ice arrows did not work either. Um, ice arrows should also work. That's like a classic Zelda thing of shooting an ice arrow in a place where water is coming out. Yeah, I was a little disappointed those don't work. But you can stasis them to stop them to get past the little water to not put your uh, flame out. There is a place where I think you have to crouch and, like, crouch walk along to keep the torch underneath a uh, water thing. Another thing where... um, (laughs) If it were me, I would just hold the torch lower instead of holding it above my head. Link is not that clever. He is not, you know? And that's a fun feeling to be smarter than Link. Because he's a lot better than me at a lot of things. He can climb way better than I will ever climb in my life. He has killed so many Ganons. Um, He He owns a house. I don't know. He owns a house? Give me a break. Uh, There's also enemies throughout this whole thing, too, which makes it more like a dungeon where it's like, okay, you go into this area. Now there's some enemies to take out. Now you can interact with the puzzle that's in this, like, quote unquote room, Mm -hmm. even though it's all suspended in the, like, test chamber style that it is. Yeah. Um, What else is going on? There's... There's a spot where um, the next path opens with a little shoot lowering and a giant metal ball is rolling toward you. I got hit by that. That, that, that got me. I got got, uh, that was a matter of like, I take your hand off the controller as you're like, okay, cool. I can just go up to the next area and pull my phone out or something. And then all of a sudden there's a trap and I'm like, Oh yeah, it's mean. And it has nothing to do with anything else in the dungeon literally nothing it's so good um there Uh, is a place where there's two different um huh there there are i I was watching a video of this and there's several puzzles where i don't think i figured out that you could stasis the uh spigots so i have no idea how i solved some of these puzzles (laughs) and i think i must have like cheese them by just being really lucky in certain places probably there's parts where you have to light multiple torches at once Mm -hmm. and there are spigots of water or other uh implements that make that difficult so you have to either time things very well or use stasis and then time things very well etc etc to get through those challenges Uh, i like the final one uh which is extremely like relying on prior zelda game knowledge yes because you have to spin attack to light all the torches at once which is a classic zelda puzzle 
to spin attack to hit all the whatevers at once. Often it's like crystal switches. This game never mentions the spin attack. That's because right. it's just something baked it's something just baked into the control scheme. Like every what do you call it? every weapon type of weapon has like a charge attack. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like what are, what are the different charge attacks now that I think about it? The, for large weapons you just spin. Yeah. Like the big the big two handed weapons you just spin in place and then eventually stop and slam down. Um, I think What do the pole arms do? I don't remember the pole arms. I know arm. that like the uh timed hit thing for pole arms is to stab repeatedly. I think that's also the charge attack for pole arms. Oh, okay. It just, it just stabs really fast. Yeah, yeah. And when you charge, it uses stamina is the trick. So... Yeah. Um, but the one for a one-handed weapon is that you do the classic like, hold your sword back and charge it and then do a spin attack. Mm-hmm. And so, if you do that with the blue flame, you hit them all at once and it's great. Uh, I was just playing Link to the Past, which is the first one with a spin attack, right? It's got to be. Yes. Yes. And um, they make some lore out of it by saying that it's Link's like family that is able to do this technique of spinning the sword right. around. Right. A lot of and other Zelda games it. are like, you have to learn how from a scroll or something. Yes. How to spin around. Um, in this game, I feel like the equivalent is not the spin attack, but the uh, bullet time when you draw an arrow, knock an arrow in midair and time stops. I feel like that's Link's superpower. And right. the spin attack is just a. Uh, it's just part of the moveset. Yeah. Yeah. It's just part of, it's part of when you have a one handed weapon, you can just do a spin attack. Yeah. I'm glad the game that would be too many things if Breath of the Wild had like a like unlockable set of like combat moves. Oh, I would hate that. Like if over time you had to unlock, oh, well, now I can do the drop down from afar attack or whatever. Well, you know, I think they do that as like a complexity ramp up because they don't want to stick you with a dozen different moves that you you know, just drop you in the deep end, basically. And I think, I, I, I don't know if that really works, especially for things like Zelda, where um, your life doesn't depend on using all these things effectively, right? In Breath of the yeah. Wild, you can survive by just uh, kind of organically learning the, you know, half dozen different techniques that you have access to. Uh, without someone tutorializing them, without having to unlock them in a certain order, um, right. I think it's a it's not giving the player enough credit in those games where they gate that stuff. There are games where it makes sense to do stuff like that. There are games where part of the game itself is the build you have on a character, especially right, right. But outside like, of the Zelda series, I mean, absolutely, yeah, yeah. In a Zelda series, there are games that use it. But, in Minish Cap is what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Where Minish they Cap have so that... many scrolls <laughs> of new things you can do. And it's like, I all I have is a Game Boy controller. Yes. <laughs> You're not going to make me into a combat virtuoso. Right. 
yeah, you can you can do that stuff, but in this game, it definitely is better just the way they did it. Just okay, here, weapons are just weapons. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Especially with how quickly you're going through weapons and stuff like that. So, <laughs> uh, but that's pretty much all I did. I didn't go back. I, next time I play, I got to go back and talk to Unobu, uh, and presumably find out what's going on with Vod Rudania. Hmm. Uh, Death Mountain's big. And weird. It's a weird mountain. I don't know that volcanoes work the way that they do in this. Where there's like a central crater and then like a little, uh, what would you call that? Oh, shoot. Like a spire? No, I mean uh, the the little ring of extra lava. Caldera. No, no, that is like a terraced thing. Terrace is the word I'm looking for. Um. Where there's like nested volcanoes? No, I don't think that yeah. happens in real life. I don't. I don't. I don't think this is a realistic depiction of a volcano. Also, lava just doesn't pool in this way. Yeah, lava is not just water that is hot. 